0: we
1: what's turning into the podcast welcome it's issue number 56 of the infinite backlog a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy marvel comics i'm stone and with me are my co-hosts claw (laughs) and shaft hey (laughs) (laughs)
2: how come rory got shaft
1: we all know why (laughs) It's true. We do all know why.
0: It and stone's like up there. Stone why. is up there.
1: Yeah, I like being stone. Shane, I I think that you should be oh you should be happy about claw. Claw's the most like obviously scary of the, the the names. At least none of us are stick.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: Um. Okay. Andy and Shane and Rory. Those are the names of the humans that are here doing the podcast about Daredevil and the X Men today. And they're going to take us from November through December of 1982. And, you know, the funny thing is that this is like the third podcast episode in a row that has featured basically those exact months. So I'm out of facts. So here's what you get uh, Nicki Minaj and Alison Bree were born during these two months. Holy shit. Oh, Shane Dude, liked it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Nicki Minaj
2: and Alison Bree are the same age.
1: Yeah. How? <laughs> What? I I mean, that doesn't seem completely out of the realm of possibility to me. No, it absolutely seems out of the realm of possibility.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, Alison Brie started off her career trying to get away with playing an age-appropriate version, like, you know, characters, and Mm -hmm. quickly went back to playing teenagers.
1: (laughs) 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 So you, just to get this on the record, you you thought Nicki Minaj had to be older than Alison Brie, yes?
2: Um, no, I thought Nicki Minaj was younger. Oh, interesting. I thought, I thought that Nicki was in her
1: twenties while Allison was in her thirties doing community. Oh, I see. I see. No, turns out both of them were in their (laughs) thirties. I mean, I'll double check these facts for you live on air. Uh, while I do that, can, uh, can you tell us about your sort of remote studio today, Shane?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm sitting at um I'm sitting at a dinner table in California in Burbank. I have my work laptop, my iPhone, my iPad, and an extra computer monitor that I brought with me from Washington.
0: <laughs>
1: so I if I if I have this right, you you were willing to lug an entire extra computer monitor, but bringing your nice microphone was out of the question.
0: Yes. <laughs> and and i
2: will i will tell you why andrew i will tell you why (laughs) my work laptop of which i am using to record my voice with Mm -hmm, does mm not does not allow me to download
1: and install drivers without permission uh yeah all right all right you get a pass you get a pass
2: Uh uh-huh thank you because i definitely I do have the microphone, but I cannot plug it in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) ah, shit. (laughs) Uh, I I just looked it up. They're both 39 years old right now. Jesus. Yeah, but you know what? I'm (sighs) 33, so that's right. You still
2: have a chance with Allison. (laughs) (laughs) And Nikki. Don't count me out with Nikki. I'm not counting you out with Nikki, but I just feel like you're probably not Nikki's type. And I know that you have a crush on Allison. I he kind of he kind of
3: pegged you with one sentence. He <laughs> kind of played you. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: I guess I'm the stupid hoe. Uh all right. <laughs> we're here we're doing we're doing some dumb comic (laughs) podcast shit we read some good stuff today we read some weird shit today and Mm -hmm. uh we're leaving the biggest meal to the end so let's talk about the two regular issues of uncanny x-men that we read 163 and 164 it's the brood we got carol danvers we got yeah we do we got nasty wolverine we got Lilandra hanging out, finally getting to be on screen without Professor Xavier <laughs> and making <laughs> out with him. What we got? How you feel? I, uh, I quite. I mean, I love.
3: I, I, I love. Maybe <laughs> you were, con- you were you,
1: you away from that word. It was good though. These were yeah.
3: good. I, there was, there was a lot to
0: like. Mm-hmm.
1: I found myself very freaked out. Um, because this first issue opens up on on Carol Danvers being, like, ruthlessly experimented on by the brood. And, like, they just keep, like, changing her body without her permission and just turning her into stuff to see what happens. Because they, I guess, recognize that she's, like, human, but also a little bit Cree, And they're like, that's weird. <laughs> and when Wolverine comes in and finds her after, you know... Fucking cutting a pathway through all the brood to, to get there. Uh his I don't know if it's his thought bubble, I think maybe. He describes what she looks like off-panel as like her features are flowing like hot wax.
3: He does say that. And, <laughs> and there's this sort of Carol ooze, and he can't figure out how to, <laughs> how to how to how to turn her back, so he just starts breaking shit. And <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> it works or it doesn't. She's a puddle.
2: I'm not a science bitch. Well, I, my options here are limited. <laughs> yeah, puddle Dan, puddle Danvers, puddle Danvers.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's nasty. I mean, admittedly, it is a little ridiculous. He breaks the machine, and she goes from puddle back to normal looking. Except she, they both can tell she's like kind of pulls her out of anymore. the puddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's got uh she's got spooky cosmic powers now and we see her later and she uh she's got she's she's become something else which yeah I... she's this
3: sort of like I don't know uh cosmic dirty bomb like there's kree in her and brood in her and human in her <laughs> and, and and it's somewhere along the line she turned into a you know something of a of a phoenix force yeah, I mean that's sort of the what's being invoked. She's not literally the Phoenix.
1: No, no, but she says that like, and I, this doesn't really mean She's anything. Fire and
3: spacey like the Phoenix.
1: She yes. Uh, comics like to just sort of describe shit like this, and then you you nod along while you read it, and then you think about it afterwards, and you're like, I don't know what that meant. Where, and I didn't write it down, but she basically is like, so you know how Captain Marvel had like cosmic awareness? I got that, but it's like my body instead. <laughs> and we just sort of leave it there.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, she pulls energy from, like, the universe, which seems like maybe a bad thing. Like, she's, I don't know, like, may- maybe stars are winking out every time she use her- uses her power. But, you know, I guess we don't wow. think about it too hard. Um, And she calls herself binary. Which, like, really fast. Like, maybe she'd been thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah, like a lot. Like, man, I wish I had a different hero name. What would have been cool?
3: Oh, I didn't read it like that. Is this no, is she calls herself binary. Yeah, I because the line, the line that I read, does she do it multiple times? Because there's the line I found I th- where
1: I think there's just the one panel. Where okay, she's so like Earth staring is Carol davers
3: Home Colossus, but I fear it has no place for. Oh, I see. Yeah, I was thinking. Uh, I I think I misread it. I thought she was saying Earth is too binary for somebody this. Cosmically fluid.
1: Oh. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. How much more fun would that have been? Yeah, that's a good
2: sentence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, show me your cosmic fluid.
2: No. Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shane doesn't like that.
2: It's
1: uh, fine. I, I wonder whether or not, because Carol, Carol was like, w- Carol had her powers taken away in this same title, right? Like in X-Men if I'm not mistaken, or was it an Avengers? It was some sort of huge event that happened and it had rogue in it and she took her powers and she's just been powerless ever since. I believe yeah, that she was not
0: was,
3: she was she was like, an X-Men comic. Yeah. But I could be mistaken.
1: No, you might it, be right.
2: Yeah, I don't think it was. I think it was the Avengers because I think it was the one where rogue is like, Oh, I accidentally held on your face for too long. Sorry.
1: Yeah. 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 And so I wonder, <laughs> I wonder how much of this happened at Marvel or any comic, you know, like Marvel or DC or whatever, that has like a shared continuity of like, that like another writer like Claremont being like, well, that fucking sucks what they did to Carol. They took her powers. I'm gonna give her new powers and a new name. (laughs) Fuck you. You know, like it feels, it feels odd. Like some other writer did this and then now Claremont's like, "Mm, reverses. Uh, And she's even cooler than she was before.
2: Yeah, that's the best part.
1: I'm not complaining. I, I quite like Carol, uh, you know, her her sort of recent uh some controversial history, recent controversial history set aside. I, I quite like Carol as a character.
3: I think it's a combination of factors, because I, I know, you know, writers get certain carte blanche to, to what they want to do. Um, but then, like, you know, they don't get to own killing a character. Right. Mm -hmm. Somebody else can be like, "Well, I wanted to write Cyclops, so he's coming out of a he's coming out of a portal."
1: Right. He's back. (laughs) Here he is. I I (laughs) I I got him. I did it. I rented him from Blockbuster. (laughs) The other the the interesting thing I guess that's happening in these two issues is that Wolverine knows they were all implanted with brood eggs, and he's the only one who knows that, and he's also the only one who. It isn't going to kill because his healing factor killed the uh, the embryo before it could like implant itself in his nervous system. And so he's safe. But all of his friends are like for sure going to die. And he's pretty sure that's going to happen because he has no way how no no idea how anyone could possibly extricate these bit, these little babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he lives with this with this shitty secret, both issues, sort of like
3: there is an odd dichotomy here in, in the in the way he approaches Both the issue with Carol and then this. So because Mm. because he's he's living with this grim secret that uh, his friends are completely unsavable um, and and they're doomed. Right. Yeah. Uh, But he did say in almost the same breath. I don't know anything about science. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how have you come to such a a conclusion?
1: I know. And. And just by coming to that conclusion and withholding the knowledge from everyone else, maybe he's making it a lot worse. Right. (laughs) It's it's really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I like the drama of it, I guess. The drama of it is good, yeah. He's he's very torn and feels very bad. I mean, it's, I guess, not terribly often that we get uh, Logan moments where he gets to be kind of like outwardly attached and sentimental yeah. yeah yeah so it's nice to i mean it's sad it's sad <clears throat> and nice to see it
3: uh i told you guys <laughs> i told you guys about uh they did this whole event uh called the death of wolverine where he basically walks through every every current marvel comic
1: yeah 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 <laughs> it just says Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
3: i know i'm normally i know i'm normally like mean to you but i love you bye
0: (laughs)
1: god i bet that was a great way to like sell a bunch of individual issues of comics people weren't buying
3: yeah i only read a couple of them from the ones because they were because it it was one of those things where it's like this isn't an event event this is like It kind of everybody at Marvel getting to sort of collectively say goodbye to Wolverine, even though it only lasted, you know, a year, if that, before he comes before he comes back. Like, yeah. If they were going to really kill him off for real, I could see giving everybody that catharsis, but it was sort of ineffective.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, what about Daredevil? We were at one issue of Daredevil, uh, which had a healthy amount of Black Widow. Natasha Romanoff.
3: This one made no sense to me at all. I mean, <laughs> the, it wasn't bad, but okay. So Natasha Romanoff, who has been infected by ninja cancer.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ninja cancer is a really
3: good thing. <laughs> You've got cancer yes. in your ninja. <laughs> It's inoperable. Uh, we can't take the ninja out of you.
1: Yeah, but you you can't take the cancer out of the ninja. You can take the ninja out of the well, never
3: mind. Yeah, we all know what you were going for.
1: Um Yep. I know. I just sort of had to
3: Yeah, to say the words, um For some reason, <laughs> she believes Matt Murdock is gonna be able to take the cancer out of her ninja. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I well, don't understand I, I, why she's looking for him.
1: I think the reasoning on the page is well, what about Matt? He never gives up, and that's yeah. like as far as it goes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and too bad it wasn't some sort of like toxic spill, because then at least she could there could there's some connection between her and Murdoch. Yeah, and it it doesn't make any sense. So no, she's she's looking high and low for him. She goes and says hi to Kingpin. Where's Daredevil? Uh, <laughs> hey, Niwa, hey Kingpin. <laughs> Daredevil's in a coffin and can psychically talk to Stick now. Um, yeah, I
1: guess Stick has psychic te- te- telepathy powers.
3: <laughs> and uh, and Stick tells him he doesn't have superpowers. Everybody can do this, which is
1: <laughs> wrong.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, no, you've just unlocked what everyone has the potential to do.
3: Yeah, because Darede- Daredevil's complaining that his hypersenses are too strong and it's too loud out there. It's too noisy. And I don't like it. He's like, quit whining. You have the exact same hearing everyone else does. <laughs> I don't
0: think that's
2: true.
1: You're just being dramatic, Sally. Yeah, it's yeah, it's funny. I, I think we're supposed to think Stick is a, a bit of a dick in this comic, uh, but I appreciate when they adapted a lot of this uh, for the Netflix show. I appreciate how much more of a dick we were definitely supposed to think Stick was in the show. I think because... that's
3: fair. Yeah. Cause on the page without tone and without tone, you don't, you don't get that. Right. And he just seems, I don't know. He just seems kind of weird.
1: Uh huh.
3: <laughs> more than mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But either way, it's, it's an odd, it's an odd issue. And, uh, you know, it, we also get flashes of, uh, the ongoing other threat, which is that the hand has resurrected Kirigi, and they're sending. Is him that out for a threat? Stick.
3: Because Kirigi is is thoroughly, th- you know, thoroughly, you know, uh, rat- uh beaten by Stick and his bros, mm-hmm. Stone and Claw and <laughs> Shaft. They're all. I, it does give context <laughs> to why his name is Dick, yeah, but then also but... he says he trained them, so now it's just like his own weird, yeah. personal, strange naming convention, which is fun, but it doesn't answer anything. Like if um, if he, if if he didn't name them, then I don't know. <laughs> what a it could, coincidence! You, well, I would, you would it would signal some sort of organization, which they appear to be a part of.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, they called themselves like the seven, but three yeah. of them were dead. And well, so these are the only four left.
3: Trained them and named them, mm-hmm. but they,
1: they act like they're the boss. And he's Yeah. There. <laughs> <I did. laughs> yeah, he like reports to them. Nothing about this makes very much sense. We do it, Frank.
3: <laughs> speaking of things not making much sense, um, there's been a development in Natasha's uh, ninja cancer, which is making her melt. <laughs>
2: I know. Yeah, she's dissolving.
3: <laughs> That's like. Which for once to... makes a hair of sense. Yeah. And that the the that the hand have their sort of di- their sort of you know uh become cloud. Steam. Yeah, become steam. Um yeah. but it doesn't make sense in the terms of what a poison can do or what a cancer can do.
2: <laughs> yeah. It looks great on the page. The artwork is incredible for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's so weird. Do we understand why she goes to see Kingpin? Because she's, she's looking
3: for Daredevil. Yeah, she's, she's looking lo- for Daredevil. And like, usually when he she... goes, well, because usually when he goes missing, Kingpin's up to no good. And okay. she was ready to- she was ready to knock some skulls. But then he just told her, nah, I nah, haven't seen him. Sorry, babe. And she takes him at his word and bounces.
1: <laughs> yeah, and as and as she leaves, he sees what's going on with her and he thinks to himself, she's dissolving. <laughs> <laughs> I almost like, hired yeah. that
3: melting woman. I almost wasted
2: good money. <laughs> the
1: right? incredible melting woman. She's good for a job, maybe.
2: Two piles
1: of paperwork. I think not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the melting woman.
1: Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, where do we end at the at the at the end of this? There. Uh...
3: She finds stick right.
1: and mat. That, yeah. That and th- that's. Yep. That's what happened. This issue. <laughs> this is, Yeah. I'm interested at least it was easy reading
3: like Uh, totally when we have a crappy one or anything where we're sort of dogging on it a lot. The last thing I want to do is have wasted a lot of time reading nonsense text for a crappy issue.
1: Absolutely. Uh, uh, This was this
3: was so breezy that it's I don't blame it. Like I got I got out of it more than what than the time it took me to read it. So,
1: yeah, Uh, I want to I want to say both of these titles that we've been talking about x-men and daredevil next week we're finishing our time with them i mean unless we call an audible and we really want to read a little bit more of either of them uh we're finishing both of these next week so the energy from daredevil right now is a little odd because i don't feel like three it doesn't more feel issues. like the last
3: issue oh we got yeah
1: we got three more but like i don't know and it's not obviously not the end or whatever, but it's the end of of what was on the the like recommended reading list yeah, or whatever and, and, for this we
3: thing. Yeah, and we've found we've found Andy's Andy's uh, gospel list to be a little bit lacking at times. So right. it is <laughs> – and they were probably doing their best to not only um, give you a lot of the best, but uh, do a little bit of like to to be a a fair cross section of what's going on on Marvel. Sure. Cause, you know, if if your if your Marvel Essentials list is just all Daredevil, then that's
1: <laughs> it. Might be true, but it's not helpful. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just call yeah.
2: And Andy's big bummer list of super good comics. Yeah. <laughs> that's well,
1: what that podcast what, should have been called. That's what we've been building, right? We've we've uh, <laughs> that's what, that's what this has been working towards. <laughs> okay let's talk about the big boy. So we, yeah. uh, we, Here comes. this, this is, this has long been, been coming. I've been looking forward to finally reading this. Uh, this is X-Men graphic novel. God loves man kills. It's a long one. It's about 60 some pages and it is incredibly influential. It made a lot of waves when it came out. The second X-Men movie is basically based on it. And there's some crazy shit in here. Uh, I was I was pretty glued to the page on this one.
3: Yeah the mm-hmm. the the uh, the the pomp and circumstance around this comic is not uh, not unearned.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. I mean, a little bit of a content warning for some racism here. But like, the beginning of this comic is a uh, lynching of two kids and it's pretty fucking awful. Yeah, followed by the n word. Y- yes, also true, which in on Marvel Unlimited they have a black bar over it censoring the word. Uh I don't know uh Rory, I know you uh, I
3: I read uh, I read the word with the hard n. You um, had the you
1: had the word. <laughs> Cuz yeah. that was how it was originally published was was not censored.
3: So I, of uh, two minds here. It, it is effective. And, and, uh, I would say, um, part of what makes X Men work is, is the allegory between so many marginalized groups, where I, I think it fails at, at this, uh, with the use of the N bomb. Mm hmm. Was that, where mutants are allegorical and people can can apply their own experience to that circumstance, mm-hmm. mutants aren't real, and muty is not a real slur. Right. So comparing that to a <laughs> comparing saying muty to the n-word is, uh, yeah, f- uh, false because these are comic book characters and not humans who I are know. really
1: mutants. So the situation here, just to give a teeny bit of context, uh, Kitty. If you recall, Takes dance lessons from Stevie Hunter, who's a black woman and she teaches at a studio, and Kitty gets into a basically a a, a brawl with this other this guy who also takes dance there who is very much in line with the uh with this this guy Striker's whole like crusade against mutants. And that's sort of what this this whole uh Graphic novel is about. Stryker is very much kind of like an uh, evangelical figure. He uses God. I want to know
3: more about this racist redneck dancer. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know
3: two
2: things tap dance and hate. (laughs) And hate. Not even tap dance. He's taking fucking like yeah. jazz. He's doing like. Yeah. I and I don't see any
1: tap shoes around here. <laughs> I'm all out of tap shoes. I'm all out of tap shoes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so kitty, kitty gets in a brawl, and Stevie, Stevie is basically like, "Okay, you need to stop." They're, it's like you know, be an adult. They're just words, and sh- and Kitty flies back at her with, "Well." What if they had said and then she uses the N word, which again, what would you so, have done in,
3: in that small bubble? I like because they're not just words. It's right. Like, th- their ability to, to, to translate real harm is real. Yes. Um, however, when your when your racial slur is made up and, and only applies to a made up group of superhumans it doesn't land.
1: So I did a little bit of looking on this one because I was really interested what like because this has been around for 40 years. I was like, Mm -hmm. what are the responses to this content? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I got kind of like down a little bit of a rabbit hole. But um, I found two pieces of uh, information that I thought were interesting and relevant. So not terribly long ago, Marvel republished uh, God, God Loves Man Kills. And I think in one of the editions, the word was not censored. And they, at the same time, had uh, John Jennings, who is a comic book artist and like an Eisner Award winning uh, artist and and editor, etc. He's uh, also black. And they had him like write an article for Marvel.com about this graphic novel. And... (laughs) On the one hand, I'm like, okay, you're going to put this out, and then as a defensive measure, you're going to get a prominent black comic book person to talk (laughs) about it. But also, his take was not, it's okay. His take was pretty interesting, because he mentions that it's clumsy. He understands where it comes from, but like that reading it now doesn't play particularly well coming from a young white girl, especially because the parallel really doesn't work well, because... People can't tell X-Men are mutants by looking at them and they don't X-Men most of the time. Most of them don't like experience like they can finger quotes pass most of the time and like comparing their experiences even in a fictional setting is not necessarily as as valid as as you would, you know, maybe think at first blush. And then he also says, yeah, uh, well, this is the quote. He says, because they aren't perceived as different, that analogy doesn't map well onto how racism is constructed. And I thought that was a pretty salient point. And yeah, the other one that I found that was really interesting is uh, apparently Marvel had co-created a podcast with Method Man called Marvel Method. Oh, where okay. where Method Man got to just talk about comic books and have guests on to chat about comic books. <laughs> and apparently uh, he had Chris Claremont on to talk about God Loves Man Kills. And they talked about the use of the N-word in the comic on this podcast. And it was kind of fascinating. And well, you got to hear your Claremont talk about it, too.
3: Right. So So where I think this is one of those things where I think... We're stuck in a certain kind of I don't want to say bubble and I don't I don't think it's wrong to be critical uh, Mm -hmm. of this. But but where I think it's odd that there's such a sticking point on the use of the word is that not one page earlier was the lynching of two black children. Yes. Yes. Um, And it is odd that that's fine for a white writer to portray.
1: But the, you know, like, right. And, and I, I don't, you know, I I don't have a hot take on this particularly, no. but what, what I thought was interesting was that, uh, in the method man podcast, I found the spot in the podcast where they were talking about it. He, uh, he basically was like, you know, from his perspective, I know he's old or whatever. And he was reading comic books at the time. He's like, I thought that back in the day, writers were a lot more bold about this sort of thing. And. I, like, see what you were going for is, like, you know, uh, I, uh, I, like, what, what was this? He said 40 he said, he said, years removed, I feel like I'm better for having been confronted with it or, like, having had read it, having seen it. That's just his own personal take or whatever. Method man's? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was, like, I appreciated the heaviness of it because the heaviness of the word needs to be felt. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was obviously one black man's take, but it was just it was interesting to hear both of them talk about it. And Claremont being like talking about how much he was like really trying to like draw strong parallels to the humanity of what was going on at the time in a way that I think they were definitely very. uh, It was shocking, I think, at the time for them to put this into the comic and, you know. Forty years ago, maybe this was, you know, obviously a different place, but like maybe this had some some heft that it that it doesn't have today, and reads different today. I, I, I
3: guess I think I, I perhaps the, the the sort of long and short of it is, is that the debate around this moment is so debatable because that specific use. I You're right. It was it was it was handled heavily, and it was handled with care, mm-hmm. and. Uh, to the extent that, like, it wasn't you know thrown out, I I don't feel uh, mm-hmm. without without uh, without caution, um, but it didn't. I don't think it succeeded at what it intended, and that's yeah. and that's yeah. why. You know, because nobody gives a shit. Oh, a lot of people give a shit. But in general, we don't. uh, The society at large allows Quentin Tarantino to make his movies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) 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 there's no there's no doubt that this is with much more intentionality and and uh, gravitas than any of that. Right.
1: Yeah. So, you know. Doesn't necessarily make
3: it right, but it falls on a spectrum of right and wrong that is not yes. binary.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel and you feel that you feel the the just intent behind what was put on the page and it wasn't done flippantly. One of the things that Claremont also said that I'm remembering now in the, in the podcast was that he also wanted it to kind of communicate the fact that Kitty's a, my, a naive 13 year old lashing out in a way that didn't really like. Sure. Seem fair. And. As evidenced by the panels afterwards where like Peter's like, oh, you know, she didn't really mean the, you know, like, you know, like they recognized that I was a fucking like, ooh, pull it, you know, yeah, 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 yay, yay kind of moment.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. And so I, I don't know. Maybe clumsy, maybe Maybe not like effective in the way that it was supposed to be. But like, I don't know. It, it's just an interesting artifact to look at now. And I did not. Ex- I. Tell you that I did not expect these first few pages to be like this. And the rest of the, the rest of the book is not like that. Uh, but they really it with a with a couple with a couple bangs and some shocking shit. Well,
3: it, it, you know, uh, and, and it's funny because this also heavily features Magneto, who I've mentioned as time goes on and different writers take different turns with Magneto. Uh, there's been a growing uh, there's a growing explicitness to his backstory. Mm-hmm. From, you know, from, you know, Jewish boy in Germany to literally in Auschwitz, literally like having yeah. his parents killed by the SS and yeah. and both are reasonable. But it's like it because it needs to become more shocking to people, more and more removed from this.
0: Yes. And, and, and
3: yeah. that's exactly, I think, what this is in a sense mm-hmm. where like this needed to be shocking from a writer who doesn't like who needs it spelled out because uh, anybody. You know, any black reader is going to read X-Men and be like, oh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is... yeah, Totally. Yeah. You know,
3: it, nobody needs to say it with bright lights and an arrow pointing to it. <laughs>
1: 100%. <laughs> uh, um, all right. We're, we're done with the three white dudes talk about the N-word <laughs> in a comic po- podcast. We read now. the
3: comic. It's, you know, it's one of those... It, <laughs> It's the odd dilemma anytime you read something like this, yeah. where what's the right choice? Talk about it or pretend it didn't happen.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yes, the, I, I, we are. I, I think you should go listen men. to that uh, that that Method Man <laughs> podcast episode. If just to hear Claremont talk about this in his own words and to have Method yeah, Man Yeah, it, it sounds of like, really interesting. It's, it's cool.
3: Also, I think I just sort of shadow pitched an, another alternate title for our podcast. What, what? Well, you didn't hear it? Three very white men.
0: (laughs) 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 How dare Uh. (laughs)
1: you? I mean, the rest of this, the rest of this is is quite good and compelling. There's a lot of really, uh, like in a way that there's not space for, or maybe they're just not choosing to make space for in the regular week, like month to month comic. There's a lot of uh, pretty heavy... Emotional stakes, like the 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 bigotry, is really weighing extremely hard on them, Uh, and it's being personified by the uh, this this guy Stryker, who is like the worst, almost a a a caricature of like a you know a fundy Christian evangelical. You know the
3: thing. He's a caricature, sure. It's a very believable caricature. Yeah. Yep. And also, and also there's so much of like, what's still relevant in this, it, not only in this dialogue, but in the, in the, the action of having the dialogue, like, you know, Striker is, he's a better entertainer and better at the news. Yeah. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. was, that has really become a salient, <laughs> <laughs> a very salient point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, what was it? They said, uh. Because him and him and Xavier do a uh, kind of like a televised debate, but it's more like an interview where they debate each other. Uh, about, You know, because it's not like you're going to debate, like, I'm a person. No, yeah. you're not.
0: Uh, and but he's like, the
3: Jordan Peterson to Xavier's angry feminist. And everybody yes. hates Xavier for being mean on the
0: camera.
1: Right. And they're like, he... Uh, Can't uh, you lighten up for one fucking minute?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Smile, Charles.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> One of the I don't know if it was like a cameraman or whether it was Scott standing behind the cameras. I, think it was I don't remember. Scott. I'm just, it like, wasn't Scott. He's
3: not he's not a performer at all.
1: Yeah, he says something like Xavier's trying to appeal to people's ideals and Stryker is appealing to uh, to their fears.
3: Yes, he also says that. But it was and it, but it's cool. It, yeah. He says this, but he says, you know, Charles comes off, you know, unlikable and or yes. complainy.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Boy, that hits. It He's really-
2: British.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's also British.
2: He's literally British. Of course he does.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, I hadn't even. I mean, I, I I read that and I felt that, but I hadn't like really given that. And the, then Stryker the, the, the holds his
3: weird Trump rallies.
1: Oh, man. God, it's 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 just upsetting. And.
0: Th- <laughs>
1: Maybe, maybe too much. I feel like Claremont gives uh, uh, the camera and a word bubble or two to like dissenting passersby who are like, "I don't know about this guy." Yeah, the rest of these people are crazy. You know, like I feel like we should have gotten more camera on the people who were his supporters. Mm -hmm. Not to, not to like give their views airtime, but to sort of like, I don't know. It felt, it felt very much like almost a. And, and maybe this is my twenty twenties feeling, right? But like by highlighting all the people who are like, this sounds nasty. This guy sounds bad when he talks. It sort of serves to maybe make us think that that's the true voice it's, of the populace rather than I, I, acknowledging. I agree with that, that thing you're
3: saying, it's it's the limitation of the medium because to have yeah. to ha- to write that involves putting word on paper. Yeah. And, and and in doing so, it creates exactly what you're saying, an illusion that there's a lot more dissent in the public, yeah. uh, where, you know, if this was a film, what you would hear is sort of uh, mumbling, like, but mm. like, you know, just peop- some, a little bit of rabble in the crowd, like they're not listening on, on hooks.
1: Right. And we're not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like we're not giving, not giving a, a- dialogue. Yeah it's not like a documentary like talking head interview with rando supporter number 5 <laughs> for 15 minutes. Yeah yeah. Um but you know the sto- the stuff he says is pretty awful. He constantly quotes bible verses. He's got a secret police Is that out still there. relevant?
0: Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oof.
1: And you know his his secret police is is Terrifying and a lot of people get captured and they, they I mean they're the ones that do the the aforementioned lynching at the beginning. Uh, and now it's nasty. He
3: has a throwaway line that I don't understand at all. Uh, okay. because it's very comic booky and I but we don't see it and it's never addressed again. When we learn Stryker's backstory, he tells us he spent years in the woods gathering temporal power. Does he
0: <laughs> say that? He
2: says that exactly. And I, Did my mean? eyes glaze over that?
3: Yeah. Do, do I, I'd have to pull up the exact page. I can find it again. I oh, know kind of where I, it is. I um, want to. Okay, let me uh, get back to the comic. And you know, I got from a page.
2: The, from the lowly beginning came my ministry... For a quarter century, I labored in the wilderness amassing phenomenal temporal power. (laughs) What does
3: that
0: mean?
3: And and do we, is this the same word that I know? Because (laughs) he doesn't seem like a time god to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What
0: What the fuck? what What are the
2: other, what did temporal mean in the 80s? Oh my God. That's so weird.
1: That is so fucking strange. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have powers. Not on the page, anyway. All he is is extremely charismatic and super religi Oh, okay. Wait, oh, what?
2: Wait, wait. You got so, something? Tem- temporal, uh, relating to worldly as opposed to spiritual affairs. Oh,
0: okay. Secular.
2: Wow. The church did. The church did not imitate the secular rulers who thought only of temporal gain. That's hm. a bad use huh. of
1: word. Hmm. Maybe because we don't use it anymore and it feels extremely foreign to me.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm sure <laughs> there's like a, there's like a little graph of like usage over time and it's like it doesn't exist. So.
1: Yeah. All right. So, important plot beat after this like debate or whatever, uh Xavier, Scott and Aurora are driving home and their car gets just fucking kablammoed. And uh it looks to everyone that they have perished in the car crash but instead they've been captured by Stryker and Stryker puts on some seriously fucked up torture situation going on with with Xavier because his master plan is to essentially break Xavier so he'll end up doing anything he's told and then hook him up to his like evil cerebro he's had built so that he can kill all mutants with his mind and it's it's, it's scary because uh The way he does this is he essentially drugs up Xavier in like a sensory deprivation tank to like lower his mind barriers. And then nearby, he tortures Scott and Aurora, and their pain is felt by Xavier. And that's how he tortures Xavier. It's really screwed up. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It they use a lot of like metaphorical visuals to accomplish it. And I don't know if it's like incredibly successful, but just like the facts of what they're doing and how they explain it is like really spooky and made me made me feel feel really gross. Yeah. Um which I you know, so I guess mission accomplished there. Uh and he does do it. Like Xavier uh basically goes through with it. Like in the climax of this, he is Actively making all like all mutants nearby, like bleed and like hemorrhage in their brains. And they're like, you know, the blood's coming out of their nose. And a few people who didn't know they were mutants realized they were mutants, <laughs> 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 which I find kind of funny because the leader of uh, Stryker's like secret police also is a mutant. And Striker's like, hmm, that sucks. And he pushes her off like a fucking cliff or whatever, and she dies. I don't know. It's, it, like
3: it's it's a very tall podium.
1: It is a tall podium. I called it a cliff, but it's just a podium. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's a it's a very exciting sort of. Uh, I mean, the whole middle section is 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 almost stretching. It's it's like three quarters of this comic in the middle is sort of like tense action, and yeah. then. At the beginning wow. and end are sort of philosophical shit. Um and I quite like the the end stuff with uh Cyclops.
3: Where Cyclops well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh he does have a line though where he's like Oh, Wolverine, anybody can build a utopia for a generation. It's making it last, that's the hard part. <laughs> what? We could <laughs> We can have you do do it? It for a generation. Can, can we just, can we have that? Can we can start that? Can you tell me? Can
2: we do it? <laughs> that was on the table this whole time?
1: God damn it. Yeah, he, uh, he, like, publicly debates Stryker a little bit. Uh, and then Stryker loses his shit and is about to shoot Kitty Pride live on television. But thank God there's a good cop nearby who shoots him first. <laughs> thanks cops
3: <laughs> I think it was effective in that it was a human, and being a policeman worked in the sense that he'd have a gun and he'd be there yep um uh, you know this is not at the time this is this is before Trump rallies were full of gun carry like
0: <laughs> yeah people,
3: people with armed machine armed people with machine guns at the rally uh this would be a pretty normal Republican meetup,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: this this it this comic like cuts so close to home yeah it's it just the whole time I was like oh oof oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 especially hurts. growing growing up in like the backwoods where going to church is really like this, like
1: sure, sure, <sighs> yeah, it is. Perhaps like a perfect distillation at the moment of of at least of what we've read so far of like why X Men continues to be relevant and all the stuff that we've been talking about this whole podcast about like you know how evergreen the X Men are and and kind of it how uh, be, be
3: great it'd be great if it wasn't as very relatable. Yep, forty years later,
1: I agree. Uh, and you know it's <laughs> it's really upsetting, but like. Yeah, reading reading this right now is still it still hurts really bad. And uh and I I I think it's definitely worth anyone listening to this, uh anybody's time to take a look at this one. Uh yeah. it's a superior version of the second X-Men movie, which, while fun, perhaps dilutes it too much with movie nonsense, uh, for it to hit as hard as this comic does. Um
0: Didn't X two
3: have the mutant cure? mm Hmm. Yeah, that's a totally different thing.
1: Yeah. But I think I think the coolest part of this to me is this is this very end. This sort of uh, the 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 Danu Mall.
3: Until we until I just until we just start talking about the second X Men, I forgot they did that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Fucking dumb.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh. So at the end here. Xavier's back to normal. Magneto has also been a part of this. He's been helping them because obviously he has very much as as much as anybody has reason to hate striker. Um, But, you know, we're sort of confronted with the idealistic difference here at the the end again. And he's there at the mansion and Xavier's back to normal. And he is
3: kind of Xavier is broken.
1: Yes. And Xavier's like, you know what, Eric? (laughs) I think I see where you're coming from now. I want to beat the shit out of people too. (laughs) I mean, in, in not so many words, he's like, violence might be the answer. And it takes Cyclops sort of like reminding him how much like his teachings and like the stuff that they've been doing and, you know, the home that he made for them and like sort of changed them and, and, and taught them to be better and gave them hope and all this stuff. And he, he like is able to get, Xavier, like, oh yeah, no, you're right. Actually, I've been an idiot. But, uh, I thought um,
3: Ma- uh, Magneto has a great line though in there where mm-hmm. I think Cyclops is saying, you know, you just want to take over the world and rule it like another authoritarian regime. Mm-hmm. And Magneto fires back, like, you know, take the bass out your voice, kid, because I lived in one and my family was slaughtered under one.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. And so,
1: another really interesting thing that he said, which was like. Kind of propaganda-y, but, like, I don't know. It, it hits in an interesting way. He's, ta- he's like, no, my, you know, it's not just a dictatorship, but when I'm in control, the freedoms that are lost yeah. will not be noticed.
3: It's his vision, and it's part of why we, we can disagree with, with at least parts of his goal and his methods. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because he sees himself as a benevolent king. And other yeah. people might not feel that same way.
1: Yeah. I just thought it was interesting <laughs> to phrase it might like, not. like, <laughs> the, like, yeah, because I'll be in control, you'll lose some freedoms, but you're not even going to notice because of how dope everything else is going to be. And it's, yeah, you're yeah. going
3: gonna to lose the freedom for your life to suck.
1: Yeah. Because
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be all rock and roll all the time under <laughs> Magneto.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh. do you hate rock and roll? Cause yeah then I can see whether you might not get behind what I'm selling. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay, maybe I get it.
3: But if you like to party, my world's gonna be pretty <laughs> cool <laughs>
0: Uh,
1: two final quotes here that I really like at the end. So Xavier after after Eric leaves, after Magneto leaves, hes Xavier's like, "I feel so ashamed." and Cyclops says, "What? to be proven?" Human, as flawed and vulnerable as the rest of us. Where's the shame in that? And that was cool. Cyclops gets to be a real dad in this one. Yeah. Uh, and I like it. Uh, and then it's a real downer ending as Cyclops goes out to talk to, uh, to Storm out on the ba- balcony. And he's like, you know, oh, we got to have hope. And we got we to gotta find a way to care. Because from caring comes love, which makes the world goes ra- go round. And Storm at the very last panel goes, yeah if only that were so
0: <laughs> and it's like um, uh, um. uh, ugh
1: <laughs> fuck I really enjoyed it I had a great time and a bad time and it hurt me and now I want to talk about like s- sex and marriage <laughs> and murder can we do that Shane we, we
2: can talk about sex and murder thank you <laughs> <clears throat> hello hello and welcome Welcome to this week's Fuck Mary Kill. Coming at you all the way from California, where we have one in the sun, one in the <gasps> bum, and one who is the one.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: Okay. Isn't that, isn't that silly? Um, <laughs> we, you know, as we were talking about stuff today, I had an idea for what Fuck Mary Kill is going to be today. Uh, but as we were talking, I realized there was a lot of characters that had like weird changed forms and i thought maybe mm. we'd talk about that instead um so first on the list is a melting black widow <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> uh second uh, second on the list is puddle danvers puddle danvers oh we got <laughs> Puddle 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 danvers um and last and definitely not least is a brainwashed charles xavier
0: Oh, yeah. Hmm. That last one's
1: morally complex.
2: (laughs) It is because he's not a danger to you since you aren't a mutant.
1: But we've sort of had this conversation before of like, if I marry the bad one, is that on me now? (laughs)
0: Like,
1: do I share half of that culpability now? I think part of it is yes.
2: I think it depa- I think you have plausible deniability. <laughs> <laughs> because you can you can say you didn't know. You can be like, I had no idea that he was brain-blasted mutants. I'm not a mutant. I can't feel it. I don't know. I can't
1: read minds. I can't read minds. He, he I'm can. not a mutie. I'm not a mutie. <laughs> uh, the, okay, so Puddle Danvers is also morally complex because she's like... <laughs> I mean, they Mid-tor- all are. She's
2: mid torture. She's mid torture. They're all yeah. like mid torture.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're they're in like the worst moments of their lives, and I have to decide which one I'm gonna marry. <laughs> I think Shane just likes putting us in really compromising <laughs> positions on, on microphone.
2: I just, I just, it, this is the moment where they're all like being tortured, and then you walk into the room and you're like, "Excuse me, I need like <laughs> 20 minutes <laughs> with, with Puddle Danvers."
1: <laughs> i want to marry i want to marry natasha dissolving because she's fine she's just dissolving i'm
3: okay. sure so you think you're gonna marry a snapshot mm-hmm. where she's dissolving <laughs> but it is never dissolved
1: oh uh, well huh oh. i don't know so i gotta wonder i gotta wonder. If you're thinking about long term, Xavier's the one to go with because the other two, well, they're puddles after a little while, (laughs) immediately or after a little while. They're puddles. And then you're then what do you got? You have no nothing to show for that marriage certificate.
2: Well, it depends on if your marriage is a sham or not.
1: Like maybe you wanted to marry
2: them for the insurance money and you want them to turn into a puddle. Oh, maybe someone else did the dirty work for you.
0: I'm st- okay, I'm thinking. Rory, you got any thoughts?
3: You know, I It's a hard one. This is, uh <laughs> I think I think
2: therefore I am.
3: I think it, I I think I'm going to approach this first by figuring out my fuck. Okay. Because I feel right, like yeah. I, you know, I feel like a a melting Natasha uh, kind of t- take the wind out of my sails. <laughs> and uh Professor X in in his in his state would be highly illegal. Uh so I yeah. will I will fuck the Carol puddle and maybe she's in there and ready to party. Um <laughs> maybe yeah. it's just me maybe it's just me in the puddle. Like whatever happens, happens.
1: Well, and okay, okay, here's a thought we don't know that she didn't like being a puddle. Like, he yeah. broke the machinery and she turned back into a human shape. But we don't know that she wasn't digging being whatever that waxy, <laughs> waxy puddle was. Yeah, She could so have been that's... like, finally.
3: And I think... I think marrying a... Burying both those other two is going to be a real drag, man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know it's hard um, to ma- it's hard to marry a British person,
3: but I think
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think you marry a melting Natasha Romanoff because you get you get a little bit of party, you know, and and they're gonna die and that's gonna suck, but it's gonna be a clean break. You can you're not gonna be sort of like nursing this coma patient forever.
1: A little party, and a she, lot of puddle, and you might get to. Uh, <laughs> <I love that. laughs> You might get Matt Murdock you, along for the told deal. Told you
2: about my college nickname. <laughs> little party, <laughs> uh, little party, lot of puddle. Yeah,
1: <laughs> a lot of puddle at a little party. So uh, then you kill you kill Xavier. Yeah, I think I do too. I think I got to kill Xavier, but I think I'm flipping the other answers. I'm gonna marry Carol Puddle, <laughs> and and I'm gonna and I'm gonna have. <laughs> I'm going to make I'm going to make dissolving Natasha's (laughs) last day a good one.
2: (coughs) Mediocre. (laughs) Okay.
3: well, (laughs) average sex from a middle aged white man.
1: (laughs) I don't know what I'm more offended by the fact that you said I'd have average sex or that you think I'm middle aged.
0: (laughs) I'm
2: calling Nicki Minaj. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> um you know what? what I I marry Professor Xavier
2: you're I such
1: do. you're such a monster
2: <laughs> I, 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 I marry Professor Xavier because because then I'm safe from the mutants. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, so uh, he's your, he's your.
3: These fuck Mary kills are starting to look a lot like your manifesto, <laughs> Shane.
2: <laughs> right? In in ten years, there's gonna be like a a white woman podcast that's all about <laughs> making a murderer, and they're gonna come back and have one of all her tapes.
1: Yeah, for you, because and, and they'll, have, yeah, they'll have you're the murderer for sure. Yeah, and I'm they'll the have murderer. interviews with Rory and I, and we'll both be like, I don't know how we didn't see it coming. <laughs> the, the the breadcrumbs were all there.
2: He seems he seems so nice. It was a sunny August day in Seattle. A middle-aged Wait. man and his two friends who do a podcast about Nicki Minaj were having a chat. <laughs> so who
1: do you who do you who do you kill and and who do you fuck then Shane
2: i okay, wait um i i I kill black Widow. I kill Natasha. I kill Natasha because I like Carol better Wow it's very okay. that's that's it. That's the only reason there's nothing deeper. I just think Natasha's kind of a bitch and she's whiny um and I like Carol Danvers. Because she's strong and fancy.
1: Strong and fancy. Shane's type. (laughs) Wow. Well, uh, we've, you know, we've recorded this for posterity and uh, I've put it in my my safety deposit box where I keep all the incriminating recordings of Shane. The
3: cops will probably make us take it all down at some point.
2: (laughs) <laughs> the FBI will have a hard time getting their hands on it We're gonna turn in. you have to turn them into NFTs so that they can't
0: seize
1: and you know this is this has been issue number 56 of the infinite backlog and what else can we say but uh, Allison, Nikki, call me please <laughs> <laughs> operators are waiting to take your call <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.